It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 17th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can also me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll be joined by Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks to preview the Orlando Magic's matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks. He'll ask me some questions about the Magic. I'll ask him some questions about the Bucks, and we'll get a better understanding of each other so that these next two weeks can be peaceful and harmonious. Oh, we'll find someone to hate by the end of this thing. Uh, we'll talk all about the Magic and Bucks series coming up in just a moment as we are on playoff eve for the Orlando Magic. The playoffs, of course, starting on Monday. Be sure to check out Locked on Bucks for the conversation again. But for more on the Milwaukee Bucks, just like you could find any information on all the teams in the NBA over on the Locked on Podcast Network, just like there's a team covering the Orlando Magic with exclusive detail, here there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. If you want the lowdown on every single playoff series that is taking place over the next two weeks in the first round, Check them out wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Definitely have Locked On Bucks circled or downloaded every single day so that you can see what's going on behind enemy lines. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before we dive into the Magic Bucks series, because that's going to take up all of our time. Um, we got to get through some news first. First, the first the, the, the intermediate news, it's not the big news, the big news I'll, I'll save for the end here because it deserves more discussion. The intermediate news is the Magic are getting healthier. Terrence Ross has cleared quarantine and is back in practice. He practiced with the team Saturday. Evan Fournier has also practiced with the team and is back in practice too. Aaron Gordon is also making, it seems like, significant progress toward returning by Tuesday's Game 1. He participated in all the Magic's uh, drill work that they did on Sunday, as the Magic did not do contact work on Sunday. Michael Carter-Williams still in a walking boot. He remains day-to-day. To say the least, to defeat the Milwaukee Bucks, a team as good as they are, it is going to take everyone. It is going to take having a fully healthy roster. It's going to take everyone playing at a very high level to have a chance to win this thing. Um, it is, you know, you could we could certainly talk ourselves into it, but for the Magic to win this series, a lot of things have to go right for them. A, a lot of things. A, a long, exhaustive checklist, and including, you know, something probably we don't even want to say. Um, it, it's it's going to be a tall, it's going to be a tall order, it's going to be a big ask, but for sure, 
Aaron Gordon defending Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, is going to be one of the big things in this series. I do not see a way the Magic win this series without Aaron Gordon. And Steve Clifford was asked um, about it uh, at practice on Sunday about how just so many things have, have befallen the Magic or, or in the last two weeks. And he said, you know, even by NBA standards, this is a lot. Uh, you know, this is a lot to deal with. To lose Jonathan Isaac the way that they lost Jonathan Isaac. Then to have injuries to Aaron Gordon and Michael Carter-Williams and Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross uh, leaving the bubble for for uh, uh, what he described as a, uh, a uh, severe case of heartburn. But, but really what happened was... Uh, you know, he had a spasm in his esophagus or in his, in his in his chest, and it just was very debilitating to him. And, and he needed to get testing just to make sure it wasn't anything more serious. It's been a long, long week. I mean, I think I mentioned it on Twitter, just how much things changed between uh, you know two Sundays, and now it's been two two weeks since Jonathan Isaac's injury. It's it's been a long two weeks for the Orlando Magic. So it is good on the eve of making the play, of going back to the playoffs that we are beginning to see this team become a little bit healthier, and hopefully that means that they'll be ready to compete and, and give themselves a chance to win in this series and, and to compete in this series, which I think is what we ultimately want to see. The big news, however, and the news that deserves discussion here before we talk to Kane, is about Mo Bamba. On Friday night, the Orlando Magic reported that Mo Bamba had left the campus to receive further testing after his recovery from COVID-19. The plain fact of the matter is, despite Bamba playing some limited minutes in the scrimmages, no more than five or six minutes at a time, and playing some limited minutes in the Magic's two blowout victories to start the campus, to start the seeding round, Mo Bamba was not making the kind of progress that he nor the team expected. Um, Steve Clifford made it extremely clear, and I take him at his word for this because you know Bamba certainly has proven that he will put the work in Bamba was working as hard as he could to get back into the games and to be back with this team and to to be contributing to this team. The fact of the matter is, physically, he could not do it. And trying to find out why is what the Magic are trying to do now. Because ultimately, this season season isn't about Mo Bamba. Or, you know, Mo Bamba would gain a lot from this season and being in the playoffs. But ultimately, there's a long-term future to protect. And... You don't want a. You don't want anything catastrophic, and B, you don't want uh, catastrophic. You don't want anything too bad to happen. And ultimately, his health is first and foremost. Um, he has not been healthy essentially um, since recovering from COVID nineteen, uh, diagnosed back in June. It's it's bad luck. Um, you know, I, 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 that's the only way we can describe it. In the same way that Jonathan Isaac's leg injury is bad luck. Um, he took a bad step, took a bad hop, whatever it was, and, you know, then he went. Mo Bamba, you know, it's not clear how he caught COVID. It doesn't really matter how he caught COVID. He is dealing with a serious illness that has effects that we don't truly understand yet. We don't know how COVID-19 affects athletes at a high level. And, you know, just like we're seeing with how people deal with symptoms and how, how symptoms attack people who test positive for the disease, it... It's different be between a ton of people. Some people are asymptomatic. It's not a big deal. James Ennis, you know, said he had a couple days where he felt really, really sick, and then all of a sudden he was better and they got cleared. No, Bamba lost had some of the worst symptoms that you can have without it getting very, very serious. And it's important to remember that COVID nineteen is a lung disease. Uh, the way the virus attacks you, it attacks your lungs. It makes it difficult to breathe. It makes it difficult to 
you know, to do things like that. It puts a lot of stress on your heart too. And so finding a way to get conditioning back, finding a way to recover from that, there's no playbook on this. Uh, and certainly it sounds like the Magic tried everything that they know and, and Bamba put in his effort to try and get back. Uh, and, you know, it nothing was clicking. And so they need to make sure that he is fully healthy and that he is going to be okay at the end of the day. Um, it, 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 I'm glad that the Magic are doing this first and foremost because, he, because health comes first, uh, you know, as a, as a human being. Um, but undoubtedly, this is a huge hit for the Magic in the long term. Um, this is the least important thing to discuss, but we are a basketball podcast and we do talk about these things. Losing Mo Bamba at this juncture takes a lot of the gains that the Magic could have made from this postseason appearance. Because, you know, again... I'm going to say it a million times in the pod, in the pod coming up, in the, in the interview segment coming up. We're under no impression that the Magic are going to win this series. Um, I, I, certainly, anything is possible. I'm not going to say it can't happen. You know, I'm expecting the Magic to compete. I'm hoping the Magic can get a game or two for sure. The, the realist in me says that. But this is an extremely difficult series, an extremely difficult matchup for the Magic. Uh, it, it would have been that that way if Bamba were in there. But getting that playoff experience, being around playoff basketball, and actually playing in playoff basketball would have been so valuable to Mo Bamba. Would have been so valuable to Jonathan Isaac. It will be valuable to Markel Fultz. This is what you play for all year. And to not get the benefit of that hurts. It hurts the long-term future of this franchise. It hurts Mo Bamba's development as a player. This Magic team is in a weird spot. I still think a good spot. Don't get me wrong. I think they're in better shape than people give them credit for, but certainly an uncertain and a weird spot. As a young team, with you know guys like Markel Fultz, who's 21-22, Mo Bamba, 21-22, Jonathan Isaac, 22-23, uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, 24-25 years old. As a young team, they are far ahead of schedule. You know, when Jeff Weltman took over, I would have said, you know, it's going to be a couple years before we get back in the playoffs. He's got to rebuild the stockpile, maybe make some changes, uh, and then we'll see where this team is at as, as they begin to grow. They made the playoffs within two years, and now they've got back-to-back playoff appearances. If we if we choose to look at the rebuild as starting when Jeff Weltman took over, which is what I tend to do because I think different regimes deserve different opportunities. They don't deserve the baggage of the previous regime. Then the Magic are well ahead of schedule. They built a winning culture and a team that, yes, even with back-to-back playoff appearances, we are disappointed with where they finished. That is a growth mindset. That is growth expectations. And yes, that means I think the Magic are moving in the right directions. direction if you view them as a young team, as a team centered around Aaron Gordon, around Marco Fultz, around Jonathan Isaac, around Mo Bamba. And so, in that sense, it is disappointing because Two of those key players are not going to play in the playoffs. Jonathan Isaac will not play in the playoffs this year. He's only got one playoff berth under his belt, but certainly he was growing and and showed tremendous steps this year, uh, including back at Team USA camp. Mobamba will not play in the playoffs for a second straight year as injuries have just kept him from being the player that the Magic need him to be. And in this case, it's an illness, not an injury. Um, Bamba's put in the work. He's done half the work that he needed to do this summer already in putting on the weight. So I, I am still not overly concerned with Bamba. I, I, I know that there's a ton of disappointment in, in him to some extent, but I, I think that he is where he needs to be. 
And I think if he had come into this bubble healthy, if he had come into the campus healthy, he would be playing Ken Birch's minutes. He would be playing significant minutes, and we would get exactly what we need from him. However, considering all those guys are out, plus Chuma Okiki, who is not on the roster yet, so the mat, so th- the three draft picks, the three first-round picks that Jeff Weltman has taken are all out of the bubble. And so we are forced then to view this team not as a young, rebuilding team ahead of schedule, but as a more veteran team that has stagnated and perhaps hit their ceiling. This is the significance of losing Mo Bamba, of losing Jonathan Isaac. Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross to some extent, even Aaron Gordon to some extent. We know who and what they are. And a team centered around those players only gets you so far. And we're seeing it only gets you to the 7th or the 8th seed. Now granted, again, the Magic have made tremendous strides nonetheless. This is, this, this is largely the same group that struggled to win 30 games, and here we are disappointed that they made the 8th seed. Again, disappointment is good. I, I am disappointed in this season. I don't think the Magic made the gains that they needed to make. But, it is still progress to be disappointed like this. That I am very certain of. That I fully believe. And so it's going to be hard to judge this postseason and judge what we're supposed to get out of it. Markel Fultz will get real playoff experience for the first time. We'll see what Aaron Gordon can do, and then we'll enter an uncertain offseason, uh, an offseason that would have more certainty if, yes, Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba could play. But unfortunately, they cannot. That's just the card you're dealt. That's the hand you're dealt, and you got to play it to the best of your abilities. And at this point, all that long-term stuff doesn't matter. We'll have plenty of offseason to talk about it. At this point... What matters is getting to four wins before the other team. And of course, we'll start doing that on Tuesday. Before we get into our conversation with Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks, it's, you know, we got afternoon basketball. A 130 tip on Tuesday. You know, what I usually like to do after, after I... Uh, Vote because Tuesday is also a primary day here in Central Florida. So if, if you haven't voted yet, I actually turned my absentee ballot in, uh, my mail in ballot uh, in last week, got my confirmation from the Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office. So my vote is counted. I got a shiny new sticker for it. Um, usually, what I do after I vote is I go get a hamburger, makes me feel super American. Uh, and with an afternoon game on Tuesday, I think I'm going to do that again. I think I'm going to continue my tradition, my Biannual tradition. Is it biannual or semi? I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the word is. I'm going to continue my tradition and get a beautiful, juicy hamburger to celebrate America on Election Day, or primary Election Day, and enjoy the first round of the NBA playoffs. Obviously, I can't go anywhere. It's 1.30 tip. I got to be in my seat, ready to watch the game. And, you know, and besides, Coach Cliff goes at like 12 o'clock for his pre- first pregame presser. Um, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. So how am I going to get my hamburger? Well, the best place to get to order in food, no matter what kind it is, pizza, Chinese, whatever it is, is DoorDash. It is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, 
You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory, big-time NBA favorite. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's two N's, LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And the magical world of Disney has entered... The room before the room where you get to the ride. It's the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, my name is Philip Rossmanreich. I am the host of Locked On Magic, if you don't already know that. And I'm joined today by Kane Pittman, the, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks. He has graciously given me home court advantage for this because as the eighth seed, you don't get that very often. And even though the games are at Disney, it doesn't really feel like a home court for the Magic. But Kane, let's start with how are you doing tonight? Today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, today. Saturday afternoon for me. Friday night for you, but uh, this is something I'm very used to now that I've I've moved back to Australia. But yeah, you're right. I yeah, I didn't actually think of that. I shouldn't have let you go first. Actually, you guys have already taken the home court <laughs> advantage after the Bucks fought for the number one seed all year. So that, let's just start with the the unequal nature of of that fact with this series. We will we will take every advantage that we can. Um, just just remember the gift shop at the end is where the good stuff is, <laughs> and you will exit through the gift shop. That's that's just the rules around here. So I thought it was interesting. I, I thought we should start with some comments that came out of the the Magic Camp, and it, it's funny, and I love it by the way. This reminds me of Brandon Jennings before the Miami series, going back along while now and he said uh the bucks in six bucks are going to win in six and ultimately they got swept but the bucks in six uh i guess slogan has become very popular with bucks fans it feels like it feels like a lifestyle it is i mean it's it's like brandon jennings said last year or the year before when he came back he said it's for the culture it's for the culture bucks in six of course they've never actually won a series in six which is the only problem with this but james ennis 
said, and there were, and, and I, you actually pointed out to me that DJ Augustine uh, said some similar things as well. I mean, you've got to come into a series and believe you can win it, or at least say that you can win it. Uh, James Ennis said, if we're hitting our threes, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary for Milwaukee. Uh, do we believe this? Are we believing this out of Magic Camp? Um, you know, coming from a guy who's shooting less than 30% on threes <laughs> since joining the Magic, uh, you know... It, it, this that the three pointer is the great equalizer in, in in basketball, not just the NBA. And yeah, I mean, it's sure if, if you're hitting your threes and and you find a way. And yes, you know, we'll you know we can dive into this. Milwaukee gives up three pointers, or they give up three point attempts. They don't give up three point makes, but they give up their fair share of three pointers. So you know, there there is opportunity there um, if you're hitting shots. And and you know, I actually did a little bit of a dive into three point shooting for the Magic and and, and their three point defense, especially. And there's always a little bit of randomness in three-point shooting. Uh, and and so, you know, sure, if, if the Magic are making their three-pointers and, you know, they have some okay shooters. You know, Evan Fournay's had a very good year from beyond the arc. Terrence Ross is a flamethrower who, you know, can get hot very, very quickly. And, and when the Magic do beat teams like the Bucks, it's because Terrence Ross um, goes unconscious for about four or five minutes in a game. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon is has struggled this year from beyond the arc, but he can, he can hit them. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is a good three-point shooter for a center. You know, sure, if the Magic are hitting their threes and, and they they are certainly capable of winning a game, are you going to do it four times, though? Is that going to get the job done? Um, uh, I, I'm glad James Ennis has the confidence to say that. Yeah, it's interesting because I, the thing I've always thought about Orlando every time the Bucks have played the Magic, and they've beaten them four times from four meetings this season, uh, there was one blowout, so this changes things a little bit, but the average winning margin was 22 points. And the reason why for mine has always been that, yeah, we know the Bucks are going to get their points. They're, they're going to put up uh, 110, 115, but the issues on the other end has been that the Magic can't score, and they're actually the way they're built it's kind of perfect for what the Bucks are trying to do. They're trying to stop you from scoring at the rim and they're going to force you to shoot a bunch of threes. The Magic don't do that. I mean, they only get up 32 threes per game on the season, which ranks them 19th. And you sort of pointed to the guys that will shoot threes, but we've seen a trend against the Bucks really since Mike Budenholzer came. They'll just turn guys into jump shooters. And a guy like Aaron Gordon, for instance, that you mentioned, he's only averaged 8.3 points against the Bucks this season on 11 shots. Uh... He's had 5.3 three-point attempts in those games, which is up from 3.8 on the season. And the same can be said for uh, Vucevic and also Fournier, who obviously is, is a great shooter. But uh, this is what the Bucks do. They're going to turn these guys into three-point shooters, and they're just going to be happy for them to keep firing them away. Now, you can get hot, and we've seen that at times against the Bucks, and that's the danger with playing that game. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, that's going to be like one of the big parts of the series. Um, you know, I, you know, I, well, we'll get to our picks, I'm sure later on, but I, I am under no impression that, that the magic have any advantage and any chance that they have of winning a game is going to be dependent on whether they are able to make three point shots. Cause like you said, that is the shot the bucks give you. Um, you know, Milwaukee's defense has always been, you know, top defense in the league, obviously always been very impressive. They're very disciplined, especially with their drop coverage. They're inviting you to take inefficient mid-range jumpers or or kind of standstill three-point shots. I mean, I think something Steve Clifford said, you know, because we've had a week now, almost a week now to prepare for this series since since it was clinched uh, last Sunday. Um, something Steve Clifford said in initially analyzing the Bucs is they're very difficult to move. Um, you've got to find a way to get into the paint against them so you can get kick-out threes and not just kind of ball reversal standstill threes. If you're kind of doing those step-in 
standstill threes, that's the shot the Bucks want you taking. And generally, that's the shot that they give up and they're okay giving up because those are lower percentage shots. If you're forced, because they can get out and contest a little bit. But if you're not getting into the paint, and this is something that the Magic really kind of struggle with sometimes because they don't have a lot of great playmakers. If you're not able to get into the paint against this team, and, and the Bucks are very good at preventing you from getting into the paint, you are going to struggle offensively. And like you like you mentioned, in those four games, um, you know, I actually went back and kind of re- reread what I wrote about the, those games at, at the time. Uh, the thing that always stood out to me was every single time the Magic's inability to make shots fed that Milwaukee fast break. The Magic were kind of settling and getting frustrated with the shots that they were getting, maybe the shots that they were missing if they were decent looks. And Milwaukee just runs it right back at runs it right back at you, and that helped Milwaukee stake a lead in every single one of those games. Um, you mentioned that like that first game in November was a blowout, was a thirty-two point blowout, was not particularly close. Every other game, I felt like looked closer than the final score actually was because Milwaukee was up 18, 17 points fairly early on. Orlando just could not get their rhythm or, or find their way to attack from this from the get-go. No doubt. And it's interesting because Orlando, actually, when you look at the numbers across the season, they're pretty good at defending the fast break. So this is this is kind of the challenge when you're playing the Bucks. If you're not making shots and you're shooting jump shots and you're giving up those long rebounds, you're going to be in for a bad time if Giannis is the one collecting those rebounds. And we've seen that in those games. And the Bucs actually have fired away from three against the Magic, but they've only been at 35%. So it's not necessarily like the Bucs have shot the lights out, but I think, as you said, they've been able to get into their rhythm. So how are they going to score? Tell me how the Magic are going to score, because I mentioned that they're 19th for three-point attempts per game, but they're also 25th for points in the paint. You mentioned the fact that they don't score in there a lot, and then they're 20th for fast-break points on their own. So that tells you that this is going to be a half-court game. Where are the points going to come from? I mean, I think a big key to this series, and it's probably going to be unfair to put it all on him, but I really think Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. we're going to have, we're going to really see if, if this guy is number one pick Markel Fultz or if that number one pick Markel Fultz is in there. Um, he's actually become a very reliable mid-range shooter. Um, he's shooting, I think, at least before the hiatus, he's shooting in the high 40s, low 50s in mid-range jumpers. And, you know, that's verging on the territory of, you know, DeMar DeRozan type guys who can, you're you're okay with them shooting mid-range jumpers because they shoot it as efficiently as if they were shooting threes at you know a, a kind of replacement level clip. Um, the Bucks give up mid-range shots. They're obviously dropping. They're obviously pre- trying to prevent paint points. Markel Fultz is really the one guy who can create a little bit off the dribble. So if the Magic are going to run pick and rolls and try to attack, you know maybe Brook Lopez or Robin Lopez dropping into the paint, it's going to be Markel Fultz kind of taking that space either shooting that short mid-range jumper, getting in, using the dribble to create some space and some rhythm there, or doing what he's really good at, getting to the, to the basket. Um, the one thing that Markel Fultz does really well that really helped the Magic turn their offense around because from the time of the, from, from the All-Star break until the league went on hiatus, a, a span of 10 games, the Magic had the top offense in the league. And a big part of that was they let Markel Fultz run things a little bit more. He ran them at a much faster pace so the defense couldn't get quite as set uh, and the Magic were able to kind of work inside out and move the ball around a little bit. So again, this is essentially Markel Fultz's rookie year. Yes, he played in the playoffs his, his actual rookie year with the Sixers, but not meaningful minutes. He's going to have a huge responsibility going up against a very good defender in Eric Bledsoe, um, you know, as well. But he's going to have a, a huge responsibility here to kind of get this Magic team going offensively because, you know, like I like I said, like you said, the fast break points are a huge deal. I, I have actually looked up the numbers. The Magic give up around 12 point fast break points per game this year. It's like fourth best in the league. 
in the four games against the Bucks, they gave up 19 per game. So huge difference there. That that's going to be a huge factor, and Fultz is going to have a lot of control over that. Yeah, that's interesting. That checks out with what I remember from those games. Eric Bledsoe, as you mentioned, will have that job. He's come back from the positive coronavirus test, and to be honest, hasn't looked great. He's had little flashes. But the fact that he's coming from such a far way back with his preparation is going to be interesting to see with him moving forward. Before we look at anything on the, on the Buck side of things, I do want to ask you about Jonathan Isaac and obviously Mo Bamba as well. Isaac actually was a pretty damn good player against the Bucks this season. He was one of the more damaging players. We know what he can do defensively. I think in one of those games, this is completely off the top of my head, I think he might have had five blocks early in the maybe the second quarter in one of those games. So... I think, I think, I mean, I think that game where the Bucks won by 30, if I'm not mistaken, Giannis had like six turnovers and, and, yeah. and you know, Isaac, and, and, and this is actually a question I'll ask you later about, about how, what the magic do against Giannis because Giannis puts up some gaudy numbers, but I think he also averages like four or five turnovers per game against the magic this year. You know, Isaac, Isaac is a defensive force. Um, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, the magic only have one guy who is elite at something. And that is Jonathan Isaac. He's an elite defensive playmaker. And when you get into the playoffs, when everyone knows what you're doing, both offense and defense, having a guy who can just create a play and beat beat you even when you know what's coming, that's that's what wins in the playoffs. That's that's the difference between you know a nice regular season team, which the Magic are kind. Of, I would put them in the category of a nice regular season team that's able to make the playoffs and obviously has made the playoffs now two years in a row. The difference between that between them and the teams that really have a chance are those playmaker guys. I mean, Giannis is the MVP. He does everything. It doesn't matter what defense you throw at it. He's going to find a way to beat it um, more often than not. Isaac, you know, he's still getting there. He's still very, very young, but he was he had that potential. And, you know, if Isaac were healthy, he would have gotten, he probably would have gotten the first call on, on Giannis uh, as, at least as one of the bodies that they throw at him. No doubt. And again, the, the big thing that you also lose when you lose Isaac and Bamba too, obviously rim protectors, but 12 fouls as well. So, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and listen, listen, I, I think that the magic big men are going to need all those fouls. I think that's the concern for Orlando, particularly early in games with Vucevic, uh, Aaron Gordon. I mean, if these guys pick up early fouls and get in foul trouble, it's almost good night for the magic in that particular game. And, uh, and that's going to be the challenge. We know Giannis, as far as free throw attempts, I think he's only behind James Harden in free throw attempts per game at 9.8. Uh, 9.8 in the bubble he had, I should say. So he, he's come back in great shape. And I, I think for Bucks fans, out of all the guys that you were concerned about, whether they would have rust, how they would look coming back into the bubble, Giannis was the guy that no one was concerned about because he starts every season in fantastic shape. He plays his best basketball at the start of the year. So uh, we know he's had a little rest here for that uh, headbutt on Mo Wagner, but he will be back for game one in this game. And and how do you stop him? I don't know. Throw four bodies at him and hope that the other Bucks players miss. Honestly, I think that that's, that's, the, that's the only tactic here for Orlando. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and, and on that point, you know, if Aaron Gordon's in foul trouble, they're they're done. They're done. Yeah. I mean, if if Giannis can get two fouls on on Gordon, you know Gary Clark, not a bad defender by any means, but nowhere near capable of guarding Giannis or, or slowing him down in any respect. Um, you know the Magic have taken huge depth hits uh, at that power forward position all year. The kind of guys that they would throw at Giannis. Um, and you know I I honestly think you know over the years even not just this year but over the years Aaron Gordon's done a decent job on Giannis or as decent as you can. Um, but Obviously, the margin for error is just minusculely small, and Giannis completely smothers Aaron Gordon. I think there's one game maybe where Gordon had a nice game uh, two years ago when he had a big offensive season, but 
Aaron also was kind of just chucking and searching for a shot as, as a spike to, to, to his coach, it seemed like, that, that evening, too. Before we get into the second half of this conversation, uh, we need a little energy boost. We need to pick me up. And that's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it's new and improved, even better than before. Comes in 18 amazing new flavors. Among the new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia. Barcia? I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, carrot cake. And Apple Almond Crisp. It also comes in its original flavors, such as German chocolate. Had one of those the other day. Banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate. Double the fun. Toffee almond and peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. I can attest they, they melt in the Florida sun, but they're still delicious. They're soft and easy to choose. Built Bars are healthy and great for the health conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. Check out the flavor profile on the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, 100 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 gram net carbs. What more could you ask for? Free. You could also get a free cooler with the purchase of Built Bar while supplies last. This will only last for a week or so, so definitely jump on it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order only at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, so... I, I, I think that match, I mean, that matchup is everything. You know, the Magic have to find a way to, to contain and, and sort of wall up Giannis, kind of force him to stay in the mid-range, but that's obviously a lot easier said than done. Um, I, I kind of like to know what, what your take is on how the Magic have defended Giannis because, you know, they don't have Isaac, obviously, uh, which would be another big body to throw at, throw at him. They, they, I think they signed Al Farouk Aminu, especially for this kind of a situation, so they could have another kind of rangy, you know, versatile defender to throw at him, but... What is what I mean? What if what was your perception of how a guy like Aaron Gordon defends defends Giannis and what his chances are to you know not stop him because that's not going to happen, but to slow him down and kind of gum up Milwaukee's offense a little bit? Well, the biggest thing you need to do when you're trying to defend Giannis, and you already pointed to it. I mean, everything we're going to talk about here is easier said than done. But the the Giannis at times can be turnover prone and can find himself stuck in mud a little bit when he doesn't get those first two steps to really get momentum downhill. So first of all, you have to stop him from getting in those situations. If it's transition, that's really difficult to do and, and you're going to struggle. But in the half-court setting in particular, you need to stop him from having those first two dribbles where he can really get momentum because he's going to blow by you by the time you get into position. And a lot of the times, although he has been offensive foul prone, he's going to get to the basket before you get a chance to recover. The other thing that you have to be careful of, and we saw this a little bit 
particularly in the game against Miami in the bubble. And we certainly saw a lot of this in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, which I, I think Giannis went away. And one of the underrated things about him, I think, as a player as he's developed into this MVP caliber guy is that he learns and he adjusts in the future. And we saw that with the Celtics last year and particularly Al Horford. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how he does it in, in this year's postseason if the Bucks get through this series. But what you can get him in a little bit of trouble is if he has, uh, if you have his back and he's trying to post up on you, this is not a situation that Giannis has been great in over the course of his career. If you can force him to go to the middle of the floor, that's where he's such a big guy that if he's trying to dribble through traffic and move into the center of the floor, that's where you can get turnovers and he can sometimes rush passes a little bit and get himself in a little bit of trouble. So first of all, stop him from getting those first two steps. And then if you have his back, don't let him go baseline because if he does, he's going to beat you and he's going to get a dunk and a layup. Force him into the traffic and send the help uh, quickly and make him make decisions. That's the best chance you've got. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, you know, Milwaukee is is, is so good. It's, it's it's a whole lot easier said than done. Um, you know, you don't you don't stop an MVP. You 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 can just hope to slow him down and, and frustrate him in a little bit. And I think the key for the Magic in this series is to make things difficult for him. Um, you know, I think that's 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 such a that's such a big part about playing these kinds of players. Um, you know, I think we all talk about Giannis a lot and, and what he does on the offensive end, but. Um, I don't think this team gets enough credit for their defense. Uh, you know, they, they are the top defense in the league and, and, and they were pretty good defense last year too. And, you know, it's, it's the grimy work, but, you know, I, I think, I think they play a really unique defensive style. We've hinted at it a little bit too, but what, what has sort of made this team such a juggernaut defensively? What, what's, what's the key to, to their def, kind of their, their defensive surge or their, or their defensive prowess? Yeah, just discipline, first of all, intelligence. So you have Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis. And Brooke, you know, he still doesn't get the credit he deserves for uh, the defense he has. Our friend that used to host uh, Lockdown Bucks, Eric Name, had a, a just a terrific story uh, on The Athletic today where he was talking with Brooke Lopez about what he does. But he anchors this defense. And it's interesting looking at the numbers from the bubble because I know from the outside and people that probably don't watch the Bucks as closely as you know, certainly listeners to uh, of Lockdown Bucks do, the defense has been a little bit of a concern, but I, I just looked up the numbers when Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Chris Middleton were on the floor together, and this happened in four games. They only played four games together out of the eight, but when those three were on the floor together in 60 minutes, the defensive rating was 96.9, and they had a net rating of 28.2. So, And that was again, that, those games were against Boston, Houston, Miami, and Dallas. So pretty handy opposition and teams that can certainly put the ball in the bucket. So as far as defensively, they are just they're impenetrable when it gets to scoring at the rim. They just are. Number one paint defense in the league, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Robin Lopez, who's also underrated defender off the bench, have the three best defensive field goal percentages within six feet in the league. They just don't give up shots and they don't foul. And and then the other thing is, as you sort of pointed to, discipline in that drop coverage, they never get sucked into the wrong position. And that's the thing that can sometimes happen when other teams try and play this style of basketball particularly with Brooke Lopez, if you're the dribbler in a, in a pick and roll situation and you're moving towards the basket, it's a very difficult thing for that big man to say, okay, I'm just going to keep backing up. I'm going to keep backing up because sometimes they want to get sucked into the ball handler and then it can create an easy uh, pocket pass or a dump off pass to a guy for the layup. He doesn't do that. He, he says, okay, you keep coming at me, coming at me, coming at me. And if you're going to try a layup, I'm going to swat it into the stands or you're going to have to take a tough floater or a tough mid-range. It's just, it's that's what you see all night long with teams uh, trying to figure out a way through this defense. And and the numbers tell you, we all know the numbers. Those shots are pretty low percentage and that's where the Bucks feast. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously, again, it's 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 such it's so unique. Um, you know, you don't you know like I know the Magic. You know, uh, Steve Clifford has said this a, a ton of times when people have asked him about the team's pick and roll coverage. He says the numbers say drop. You know, if mm-hmm. you push up too much, the guards are too good; they're going to blow by you. Your best bet is to drop. You know, kind of make them think. You know, they're in between. They're 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 not sure whether to attack the basket when you have a shot blocker out there or to pull up for a mid-range jumper, which is a lower percentage shot, if you're getting them to think and kind of doubt what they're going to do, that's that's how you beat them. It, it, it feels like it feels like to beat this kind of a defense, you need to be sure of exactly what you're going to do. And the moment you have any little bit of doubt, that's that's when this defense has you and it forces you to kind of make that decision. It's it's almost a psychological game. And you know, I know I know, you know, Nicola Vucci, you know, Brooke Lopez before he got to Milwaukee. Not known as a very good defender, yeah. you know. I think a lot of Magic fans wish Nikola Vucevic would, would kind of develop and grow the way Brook Lopez did. Um, Lopez a little bit bigger than Vucevic uh, and a little bit better of a shot and certainly a better shot blocker as well. But um, you know, he's 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 proven that that you know someone who's maybe perceived as a bad defender can become a good defender uh, very very quickly. Um, the Bucks in the bubble, uh, how I mean, it, it felt like. They were kind of biding their time a little bit. Um, you know, they, they they knew they had the top seed wrapped up, so they didn't have much to play for in these eight games. Um, the, their record, obviously, not so great. But how would you assess how the Bucks have looked to this point uh, since since coming back? And I'm saying this fully knowing the Magic haven't looked great um, because of all the injuries that they've had. Yeah, lacking energy, um, perhaps lacking a little bit of effort at times as well. And and for the most part, just kind of as you pointed to, they looked like a team that was. Uh, very much aware that they didn't have a lot to get out of these games. And, and you know, it, it's so funny because I, I think if this was the end of the regular season, as in late March, early April, I don't think there would be any concerns. But because of the fact we've had four months off, there's no doubt that there is a lot of anxiety among Bucks fans. They're like, okay, what are we watching here? What are we seeing? But those numbers that I just pointed to before with Brooke, Giannis, and Chris on the floor, I mean, that tells you that when their best players have been on the floor, everything's fine. Everything's been okay. Uh, there's been a bunch of different lineups they've tried, a bunch of different guys that have started games. Uh, Giannis obviously had a suspension. He had a tooth issue there as well that he missed games. Um, so, I mean, there's a bunch of different factors. I, I think it was actually a real challenge for Milwaukee to try and figure out how to approach this because uh, how hard do you play? I mean, what are you trying to get out of this? And, and what risk do you put in, in players, A, building their uh, work level back up and getting back into shape and then be not uh, pre- preventing any type of injury from from occurring and then costing you through the first round. So ultimately, Bud said it after the game when we spoke to him uh, after the Memphis game, the last seeding game, we spoke to Bud and he said, listen, uh, there's a lot of things I would like to have seen better, particularly defensively, but everyone is healthy coming into game one of the playoffs and there's a lot of teams out there that can't say that. So for that, we are very thankful. That was the number one goal. Yeah, and, and and certainly the Magic wish they right, they could exactly. say that as, yeah. as this these seeding round games have been very very rough and honestly I think I think the Magic kind of reached a point where they were like you know it's it's far more important for us to be healthy uh, than to be playing as well as we can or, or to be getting our guys in there um you know Aaron Gordon hasn't played Aaron Gordon Evan Fournier Michael Carter Williams all haven't played in almost a week now um you know they missed the last I think the last four games of of the of the seeding round and you know Clifford Clifford said it essentially I mean again we're I'm under no impression here that, that, that this is going to be easy for the Magic, that their margin for error is much smaller. Um, Steve Clifford said, it didn't matter if we were playing the Bucks or the Raptors. There's, it's going to be very hard for us to win if we're not 100%. And so that, that became the priority more than getting themselves right uh, for, for the playoffs. And, and obviously the Magic struggled through, uh, through a good chunk of the seeding round after, after a really strong start. Um, 
who is the unsung hero of this team? Uh, who who is the guy that you know maybe the, the the person who drops in to watch a Bucks game on national TV, you know doesn't doesn't appreciate and and will need to and and will appreciate or understand how important he is to this team uh, after going through this playoff series. Well, it's interesting. I'm not sure if this will be the playoff series that it will be highlighted sure. as much as others, just because I'm not sure what the matchup will be. But it's Wesley Matthews. He's a guy that I fully expect is going to defend Evan Fournier. And we spoke. I mean, this is a guy that's played some good games against the Bucks in the past. And he's the type of guy that if the Magic are going to win a game or two here and make things interesting, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to go off for 30 points. He's a terrific shooter, particularly catch and shoot situations. I think he is uh, 42% on catch and shoot, 45% uh, when he only has one dribble. So, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous shooter right there. And Wesley Matthews will get that matchup. And and probably, and I've said this before, I underestimated what Wesley Matthews can do defensively when the Bucks signed him for that minimum deal. He's but he slotted into the spot that Malcolm Brogdon had in the starting lineup. Offensively, he doesn't bring the same things. He'll shoot threes, and he's a piece of an above-average three-point shooter, no doubt. But defensively, this guy gets the best player every single night. So it'll be Evan Fournier in this series. Uh, the other night, he was chasing around Duncan Robinson for the Heat. He gets James Harden when the Bucks play the Rockets, and then he'll defend LeBron and and Kawhi Leonard when we play the teams in LA. So he, he's job defensively this season he's much stronger than i thought he was he's bigger than you think he is uh he's always been a guy that i i've loved right back to his portland days but wesley matthews what he's done defensively has been incredibly underrated and i won't lie uh wesley matthews has been one of my guys i've quietly put on my free agent list for the summer yeah, so yeah. um I, I think that i mean he's a he's a guy that that fits anywhere because he is he is when you think of a three and d guy he is very much in that in that mold and and Obviously, you know he's had a he had a long road back from his injury, but it's it's good to see him contributing at a high level on on a strong team. Um, you know, I I I think that you know I, this is a one eight series. Um, you know, I don't think that there's you know never there's never a lot of mystery in in these series. Um, you know, we're, we're under no impression. I, I, again, I'm under no impression that this that the Magic are going to win this series as much as DJ Augustine and James Ennis certainly believe that this team can. And, and you know, I hope the team, believe, I hope the magic believe they can win because you, you never know what can happen. Um, you know, especially in the setting that we're in now with, with the camp, with the campus and, and, and so far removed from the regular season, it, it does feel like this is its own thing. But um, how do you see this series playing out? Do the magic get a game? What's going to, what, what, is going to make this a potentially difficult series for the Bucks, or, or, or is this going to be, you know, just kind of a pro forma one versus eight? Well, if, if I, if my life was on the line, I, I think I would say the Bucks are probably going to take this in four, but, but let me just say that again, Bucks fans are under no illusion that Terrence Ross has been a buck killer in the past. He has, this is a guy that we've seen, uh, go off no matter who he's playing for, whether it's the Raptors, whether it is Orlando. So I do think, if, if the Magic are to take a game or two here again, I, I know I've sort of already pointed to this, you're going to look and they would have hit 23s at over 40% because I, I don't think that there's a there's a path. I don't think there's an avenue for the Magic to win a game where they uh, live in the paint and they score in the paint. I just do not see that happening. So I think if they're going to win a game, it's going to be a night where they shoot the lights out uh, from the outside. And, and listen, despite the fact that we spoke about that there's no Isaac and no uh, Mo Bamba, I mean, clearly... Orlando are depleted coming into this series. But defensively, 
they're still a solid team. And Steve Clifford obviously has done a fantastic job. So they're going to scrap. I, I don't think that this is going to be an embarrassing series like the one against Detroit last year at this point. And again, if they shoot the lights out, they can win a game. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I, I think I'm I'm very much in the same boat. Um, I think that you know it's it's I think that Orlando will have grown from last year's playoff experience. That's that's something that I think that that a lot of these guys have talked about um, after making the playoff. Essentially, most of these players made the playoffs for the first time last season, uh, and they stole a game from Toronto last year. Right. You know, kind of very much because they were playing at a very high clip. But once Toronto made their adjustments, once Toronto kind of locked in defensively. They really struggled to score, and, and Toronto's, I think, a much more even last year, a much more kind of aggressive defense defensive team. Um, if, if you're physical with Orlando, you know they can get rattled a little bit because they don't have a lot of guys who can create a shot for themselves or kind of break defense and kind of force you to back off. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Nikola Vucevic plays after he took a ton of criticism for how he played in last year's playoffs. He's going to be a big key. Uh, just to stretch the floor uh, against Brook Lopez and to see if the Magic can get some easy paint points. But you're right. Um, the only way the Magic are going to win a game is if they're moving the ball and hitting threes. Um, if if they're able to hit a bunch of three-pointers, they'll have a chance to win. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, this team has struggled a lot against winning teams, especially I think the Magic finished 5-29 and against teams with, with winning records this year. Um, they actually entered the bubble uh, with the fewest wins against against teams with records above 500 in the, in the, in, in, among the teams that entered the end of the bubble. So um, this is a group that has struggled to kind of raise their game up to the playoff level to meet the challenge of teams like the Bucks. But it is the playoffs. It is a different focus. It is a different intensity. Um, I, I'm beginning to talk myself into giving the Magic a game somewhere. Uh, certainly, I think if they had been able to play at the Amway Center, if this were a regular series, I think that the Magic would have gotten that game at the Amway Center that they so wanted last year but didn't get. Um, but I'm kind of settling in at like four and a half. Um, I think the Bucks very likely sweep the series, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic get hot one game, um, especially if if they get hot early, if they're able to stay in the game early. Um, I think that I think first quarters are going to be big. Um, if the Magic if the Magic come out flat, the Bucks are going to blow them out every single time. If the Magic are able to compete and fight early on, that'll give them the confidence to, I think, last a good chunk of the game. Um, so a lot of things have to go right for the Magic to get a game. Um, it's very possible that they will get that game just because, you know, who knows, Milwaukee might have a bad shooting night too. Um, but the margin for error is very, very small. So I, I definitely think the Bucks will win in four or a gentleman's sweep. Well, listen, the, the Bucks have a history and, and Bucks fans were you know, not too pleased with the scheduling of this game. I'm sure Magic uh, fans are the same, particularly those that work uh, Monday to Friday during the day. It's brutal. I, I am I am, I am, am very confused that Giannis does not have any primetime games. Yeah, um, it's... He's, he's the league MVP. I mean, does... Uh, I, I, I hate I hate to say it to your fans. Is the NBA trying to, to say something that, that, that no small market wants them to say? I don't know. Who, who would know? It's it's a baffling one to me that you can have the best record in the league and play three out of four games at uh, noon uh, local time. Obviously, a little bit later on, on the on the East Coast, but uh, you know the Bucks have had their struggles during day games. So that's the only thing I'll say. Funny things can happen. These one o'clock tips. So uh, that is who true. Knows? Who knows? That is that is that is very true. Uh, you know, Magic also don't have great record in <laughs> one o'clock games as their well, that's as their <laughs> terrible terrible effort against the Brooklyn Nets last week uh, proved. Uh, proved uh, a ton. Um, it should be a fun series. I- I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's it's the Magic are still getting used to this playoff thing again. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the series. It's going to be it's going to be a good challenge. It's going to be a fun series, and, and hopefully, uh, 
hopefully the Magic Magic uh, have the same luck for the Bucks that that they had for the Raptors last year. We disagree on that one, but nonetheless, uh, I, I hope you find some. Well, no, you don't. You don't. You don't want. You don't want. You don't want the Magic. The, <laughs> the Raptors beat the Magic in the first round last year. I'm. I'm. I'm saying it. That's. <laughs> Could 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 be could be a thing. Sure, sure, actually, yeah, that'll be the silver lining if the Bucks lose Game One. Let's roll with that. <laughs> let's 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 roll with that. Um, thanks for thanks uh, for chatting with me, Kane, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be we'll have we'll have a good, healthy series. Um, I want everyone to get out get out alive. Um, and and hopefully we'll we'll chat again soon. No doubt. I think we're all ready for the playoffs to start after uh, waiting a long time. So we're excited, ready to go. And my thanks to Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks for joining us on the podcast to discuss the series. Hope that gets you all primed and ready for Tuesday's game. We'll be back again tomorrow on Locked On Magic to talk about the keys to that game as well as the last bits of preparation the Magic have before Game 1 of the NBA playoffs. That is a 1.30 tip on Tuesday in case that episode drops late for some reason and, and it becomes very irrelevant very quickly. Uh, of course... For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr_md. And of course, uh, uh, check out all the latest pod. Check out all the latest with the podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himbley, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to also check out Locked On Bucks as you get ready for this playoff series. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.